tired than it's been before Marching on to Zion there to live forevermore We'll renew old acquaintances we've known before The church is going higher than it's been before Yes, the church is going higher than it's been before Marching on to Zion there to live forevermore We'll renew old acquaintances we've known before The church is going higher than it's been before And I'm in this church, this glorious church I didn't join, no, I was born, I've had a new birth Some glorious day, gonna sell away It's by His grace, not by my works I'm in this church, oh, I'm in this church This glorious church I did not join, no, I was born, I've had a new birth Some glorious day, gonna sell away It's by His grace, not by my works I'm in this church And this church is going higher than it's been before Marching on to Zion there to live forevermore We'll renew old acquaintances we've known before The church is going higher than it's Do you believe that this morning? Oh, yes, this church is going higher than it's been before We're marching on to Zion there to live forevermore We'll renew old acquaintances we've known before The church is going higher than it's been before And I'm in this church, this glorious church I did not join, no, I was born, I've had a new birth Some glorious day, gonna sell away It's by His grace, not by my works, I'm in this church Oh, I'm in this church, this glorious church I did not join, no, I was born, I've had a new birth Some glorious day, I'm gonna sell away It's by His grace, not by my works, I'm in this church Hallelujah I am thinking of a rapture in that blessed home on high When the redeemed are gathering in How we'll raise the heavenly anthem in that city in the sky When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, and the redeemed are gathering in Washed like snow and free from all sin How we'll shine and how we'll sing When the redeemed are gathering in There will be a great procession over on the streets of gold When the redeemed are gathering in Oh, what music, oh, what singing O'er the city will be rolled when the redeemed are gathering in Oh, and the redeemed are gathering in Washed like snow and free from all sin How we'll shine and how we'll sing 
holy teams are gathering in. Saints will sing redemption story with their voices clear and strong. When the redeemed are gathering in, then the angels all will listen for they cannot join that song. When the redeemed are gathering in, oh, and the redeemed are gathering in, washed like snow and free from all sin. How we'll shout and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. I love this. Saints will sing redemption story with their voices clear and strong. When the redeemed are gathering in, then the angels all will listen, for they cannot join that song. When the redeemed are gathering in, oh, when the redeemed are gathering in, washed like snow and free from all sin. How we'll shine and how we'll sing when the redeemed are gathering in. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I just love that third verse when it says, the angels will all listen because they cannot join that song. Down here in this earth, you see pictures of angels. Angels are kind of celebrated. You know, oh, we, this about an angel and that about an angel. You don't ever see anything about an old soldier of the cross with a tear-stained Bible and his or her hands, a mother on her knees praying for her children. But Brother David, when we get on the other side, those are the ones that's going to take center stage. And the angels will have to listen. And they have to stand aside as the bride walks down and sings, Amazing grace, how sweet the... They can't sing that song. That saved a wretch like...
service this morning. <clears throat> sure it's good to see each and every one of you. We've got lots of visitors and we welcome you as well. Um, I guess you get introduced to the, uh, Brother Jewel calls himself the uh, helicopter preacher. I just call myself the helicopter song leader. I just like to jump right in and take off because I get excited when I start when I start thinking about where God brought me from. and I just love to worship Him, but I love to get in the presence of God's people. And worship with them. And it's so good to see you all smiling faces. Turn around and greet your neighbor. Smile at them. Give them a big smile. You can fist bump or elbow bump or whatever. But just let them know you're glad to see them. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people, what a sight just to see all the happy faces, praising God in heavenly places, what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people, oh what joy His love affords. When we meet in one accord And we lift our hearts in praise unto the Lord There's no place I'd rather be Than with the ones who've been set free I'm so glad I'm in God's great big family Oh, and I love the thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. I love the thrill that I feel when I get 
together with God's wonderful people. What a sight just to see all the happy faces praising God in heavenly places. What a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. And on that great when our Lord says come away And the saints from every land sweep through the gates Joining loved ones around the throne At last we'll all be gathered home That will be the greatest thrill we've ever Together with God's wonderful people I love the thrill that I feel When I get together with God's wonderful people What a sight just to see all the happy faces Praising God in heavenly places What a thrill that I feel When I get together with God's wonderful people Sing it one more time I love the thrill that I feel When I get together with God's wonderful people I love the thrill that I feel When I get together with God's wonderful people To see all the happy faces Praising God in heavenly places What a thrill that I feel when I get together with God Wonderful people Amen Let's slow it down just a little bit here Before we take our prayer request before the Lord Just pray for me I've got a pollen voice this morning, so I, I guess the uh, the allergies have been allowed to come back into the uh, onto the scene again. So they've come back out of hiding and hit with full force. So uh, just remember uh, me in prayer. Let's sing that uh, <clears throat> song. Uh, bring all your needs to the altar. So bring all your needs to. The altar, whatever it may be, oh, bring all your needs to the Lord, for He is so Just bring all your needs. 
stands out to me that I draw so much encouragement from is He is willing. Not only is He willing, He wants to. He wants to more than you want Him to. So whatever your need might be this morning, just bring it to the altar and lay it at His feet. Let Him take it. He's got it all in control. Amen. <clears throat> we want to uh, remember the Swaffords in prayer this morning. The uh, stomach virus is, is uh, kind of going through their house this morning. So let's remember them. Uh, we want to remember Brother Bill Walter's dad. Um, he had a pretty bad fall and is in the hospital. And they have gone down to Florida to, uh, to be with him. We want to continue to remember uh, Sister uh, Karen Buchanan. Uh, also, we want to remember uh, the Smiths. Uh, in prayer as well uh, I'd like for you to uh, remember my uh, my in-laws uh, brother and sister Shepherd uh, they're faithful listeners and I'd just like to ask you to remember them in prayer that the Lord would give them a touch in their body this morning um, also want to remember brother Barry and sister Becky as they are away traveling I know there's many needs among us unspoken requests the Lord knows those needs amen I'd like to ask Brother David if he would come up this time and just take these prayer requests. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. Dear Lord, the ability to come into your house and, and sit at your feet. Dear Lord, we just pray for all these needs. Dear Lord, that I have my hand on, oh God, just... You know, each one, those that are sick and afflicted in the body, dear Lord, we just ask you to go to them even now, dear Lord, and touch their bodies, restore them up where they can come back into your house and worship you for it, dear Lord. We just ask for those that are traveling, may you keep them safe, just guard a hedge of protection around them, dear Lord, keep the, the enemy away, allow them to come back, dear Lord, amongst us. We just pray for the services today, dear Lord, we just grant... We just give them into your hands, O oh God. May you give the minister lips of clay, O oh God. Let him speak what you have him to have us to hear and anoint our ears to hear it, O oh God. May it fall into well-prepared ground in our hearts. May we leave today a better people, O oh God. We just ask you to be with those believers that are in Ukraine, O oh God. May you just keep them safe and watch after them and guide their, their footsteps, dear Lord. We just pray for our pastor as he's down ministering and and we just ask you to give him traveling mercies and keep him safe may he come back refreshed and restored dear lord we just grant this day solely into your hands we give it unto you we ask it all in the name of jesus christ amen god bless you saints you may be seated also we have some that wasn't here among us the, the whitlocks brother david i think was having to work today in the pascals um I was having to uh, work as well. Um, 
Brother Barry had asked me to had sent me some stuff and asked me to give just a, a quick little update on what's taking place in uh, Ukraine. Kind of some some good news. All we you know we do tend to get all the the bad news and and it really is bad. The situation is is really scary, and uh, there's a lot of um, uh, stress and things, especially that the sisters are going through. Uh, that's trying to cross over. And having to leave their husbands and fathers and everything behind. And uh, it's been very, very taxing on those mothers with their children. And, you know, not knowing if they're going to see their husbands again. Or um, It's been an extremely stressful situation. But we are happy to report that there is some, there is some light in amongst all this darkness. And he wanted me to uh, kind of share this with you uh, briefly. Um, the service that he did Wednesday night... I found this to be extremely phenomenal um, that he done Wednesday night on the update actually went viral. Um, so it has been on the Internet and it's it has gone completely, completely viral. Uh, with the result of that, there has been uh, lots of worldwide and inter international help and funds coming in to the church for uh, the believers in Ukraine. And he has found a, a, a path that he's been able to funnel these funds through. And I thought that was extremely phenomenal. That, and amongst all of this, the Lord still has his children under his, under his hand over there. And that just, that really touched me. And, um, uh, there is, uh, they've set up a specific site on the website, uh, to be able to, to give an offering to. So, Check that out, and I know there was supposed to be a lot of folks listening this morning. Brother Barry is going to give a more in-depth update Wednesday night uh, on on the situation that's going on over there. But he had uh, uh, wanted to share this. There was two groups of uh, believers from the Ukraine that had crossed into uh, Poland, and they were uh, at the church of this brother uh, uh, Jacek, and uh, they got believers over there in Poland that is uh, supporting them. Uh, this facility that they're staying at at this church is actually uh, like a little youth facility, but they're able to house them. They have the restrooms and they have a kitchen, a full-service kitchen there, so they're able to cook and things like that. So uh, Brother Barry has been able to send funds to this brother uh, over there uh, uh -oh, to... Uh, be able to provide food for them and he is ministering to and taking care of these uh believers in in uh, poland that had crossed over um <clears throat> this just kind of that next slide brother jeremy this just kind of gives you an idea of of where they where they are in poland and related in relation to ukraine and uh where they're at there i'm not sure if that is uh uh one of the towns that they're actually in there. I'm not sure, but that just kind of gives you an idea of what's taking place there. Um, uh, one of the things that, uh, uh, one of the updates that he had sent that there had been a young sister that was, uh, had been standing in line of over a hundred people trying to get some supplies and stuff to cross into the border. And she had got so anxious and so nervous that she had actually collapsed and passed out, fainted. And there just happened to be a brother that was there, a minister, and went over and prayed for her. And she revived. She was able to get revived right there through the prayer and um, <clears throat> was given care. And um, so he, he was just telling about, they're, they're telling him, you know, there's a lot of things that he can't say that they're, they're telling. You know, they have to be very careful about what they disclose, where they're staying and things like that because tensions are really, really um, 
ratcheting up over there. Um, this next one, um, this is uh, some of the believers in another group. <clears throat> they were getting ready to uh, leave uh, and head west to, to get across the border also. But you know, one thing that I, that I found that, that stood out to me in, in all of these pictures is regardless of what these saints are going through, um, they're smiling. That tells me that they know that their, their life is in the hands of, of the, the master of the wind. And I just, that to me, I'm, I'm drawing encouragement from that. That's, that's despite what they're going through, they still have a peace. We can have that same peace. Amen. And this last one here is just, uh, this was outside the window of uh, one of the uh, brothers from over there. Um, I don't know if I can uh, get his uh, name right or not, but it was in that town of uh, Mariupol. Uh, his name was uh, Volodya Ivanov. And this was looking outside his window. And this was from, from the shelling and the, the bombing that took place. So you know that these these people have to, they're just in constant fear, never knowing one moment from the next, you know, what the next bomb is going to bring or whatever. But again, they can draw their hope from, from, from Christ. And I'm so thankful that God has allowed us to be a part of something special in the end and be a part of that bride. And I just, my heart goes out to these people. I can only imagine what it's like as they're standing there in line and, and kissing their loved ones goodbye, not knowing if that'll be the last time they, they see them or not. So let's remember these dear saints in prayer. And uh, if you can, you get a chance, check out the website. There's going to, Brother Lucas is uh, working on some things on the website that's going to have more details on that. And there will be updates and stuff posted on that. And you'll be able to contribute directly um, to, to them. I just want to... Uh, <clears throat> Um, sing. I just like to sing this song. Um, I'm one of them. When Brother Barry sent this to me this morning and asked asked me to do this, I, I got to thinking how how great it is. There's there's millions of people over there, and how many of them are actually believers that God actually shed His grace on? I'm glad I'm one of them. Aren't you? Amen. We are such a blessed people. We are so blessed. Let's just sing this song before we get ready to move on into the service. I'm one of them, I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them, I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. There are people almost everywhere whose hearts are all aflame With the fire that fell at Pentecost which cleansed and made them clean It is burning now within my heart, all glory to His name I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them I'm one of them, I'm one of them I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Now come, my brothers, seek this blessing that will cleanse your heart from sin. That will start the joy bells ringing and will keep the soul aflame. 
It is burning now within my heart. All glory to His name. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. One more time. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Amen. Let's have the ushers come at this time and we'll receive our morning tithing offering. Amen. As Brother Dennis gets ready to come this morning, we just appreciate him coming up and ministering to us. Just turn your hearts to the Lord and pull on that gift, and I believe God's got something special in store for you. Let's just sing this chorus. Oh, how I love Him. Sing it to Him, Steve. How I adore Him. My breath, my Sing it out to it now. Oh,
are truly grateful, Lord, for all that you are. And all that you have done for us, Lord, and just for your abundant grace that you've poured out upon each one of our lives and in many different ways, Lord. We just heard a brief summary, Father, of a of a report of the saints and and what they're experiencing over in the Ukraine right now, Lord. And Father, we just add our prayers amongst many others, Lord, asking that you would just continue to be merciful to them, Lord, and help them and strengthen them, Lord. And give them guidance, Father, and how they should move at this time, Lord. And we know, Father, that it wouldn't be able to happen unless you permitted it to happen, Father. So if you've allowed it to happen, Lord, you've already made provisions for each one of your children, Lord. And they're moving in those ways right now. They're stepping into the provisions you've already had set. So nothing is out of, out of place, Father. Everything is moving exactly according to your perfect will, we believe, Lord. And we pray that this morning, Father, that your will will be done amongst us, that you would minister according to what you desire, Father. We pray that you would forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, Lord, of our trespasses, of our transgressions, Father, in our hearts. Help us just now to confess anything, Lord, that we may feel in our spirits, Father, might be of a hindrance from being able to receive from you what you've purposed to give us, Lord. Even though we're gathered together here this morning, Father, the enemy also, he desires to be very present in our minds. But God, I pray that you would bless every heart, every mind in here this morning to be able to block out all the voices of the enemy, Lord God, and be able to hone in on your voice, Father, and hear you clearly. May the enemy be bound, Father God, amongst us and not be able, Lord God, to hinder any soul in any type of a way, Father. This is your service and your time, Lord. We commit it unto you and we look to you, Father God, for whatever it is you want to do among us. We ask this, Father, in your name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let the church say amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. for placing it upon Brother Barry's heart to invite us this morning. And uh, being that we're here, we just want God to be able to have his way. Isn't that right? You didn't come to hear from a man. I know ministers often say that, but it's true nonetheless. On Friday, I kind of got into a mode. Um, I'm always nervous whenever I have to minister, but it was on me pretty heavy just to kind of pull aside. So I kind of begin to shut down on Friday and just kind of pull back and not have too much interaction because it's very important that the will of God be done. And the only thing I could do is just yield myself uh, to him. And my my sermon this morning that I believe God placed on my heart is kind of centered around that because that's very important, right? That's a very key piece to any believer's life and something that God actually purposes to establish 
very early on in order for it to be a successful walking journey. And he, he knows what to do and how to do it. And every one of us are witnesses of that already, of what's been taking place in our lives. God knows how to bring us to that place. And, and my sermon title this morning is The Place of Power. The Place of Power. So let's turn in our Bibles, if we will, saints, to the book of Daniel. We thank God for everyone that's able, that was able to come out. and God is making a way for it. And, and not just here, but wherever the bride is gathered. Amen. We thank God for what he's doing amongst us all. And I'm not sure, I've, I've not been listening to any of the services here or what have you, but I know for the services that I have been able to tap into and, and even be a part of, there's it, certain things that God is just coming back and confirming and vindicating and one minister to another, they're all saying the same things. You know, it's something that God is getting over to the bride. He's communicating. He's bringing it through multiple witnesses so that it's not missed. Amen. So I don't know if this will fall into the channel of what you guys have already been receiving, but we just pray that God's will be done. Daniel chapter 4, starting at verse 30. It says, The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon? Notice how he's speaking here. It says, And the king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? You know, we're talking about humility, right? right? We're talking about the place of power. And it's one thing, and I... My mind was just kind of drawn to this. You know, this was just thoughts that the king was having of himself. Right? Like right now, we're all having thoughts of different kinds. You know, but God is so great, he hears every thought. Even though I don't know how many people it is in here, he hears every thought from each individual mind very clearly right now. And it's certain things that God is drawn to. So when, when the king was sitting here and he was having these thoughts of himself, it caught God's attention. God didn't like that. He had come into a place to where he had become a little absent-minded as to how he even came into the position that he was in and, and who it was that was in control of even who he had become at that time and what was established. So when God began to hear those particular words coming out of the king's mouth, he had God's full attention. Amen. But notice this now. It says in verse 31, it says, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king, Nebuchadnezzar, he says, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. Can you imagine how he felt at that moment? He was just feeling very supreme, very powerful. And just in a second, everything changed. Praise the Lord. He says in verse 32, And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. He says, They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou, he says, 
until thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomever he will. You see what God's purpose was? He didn't like that he came to the view of himself that he did. Praise the Lord. It says in verse 33, the same hour was the king was this was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. And he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like uh, his grown like eagle feathers and his nails like birds claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. And mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, he says, and I praise and honor him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. So God knew how to get him out of that mentality. And how many realize that God has ways of getting you and I out of similar mentalities? Let's go to the next verse of scripture here. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 57. In verse 15. I believe this is very important for the time that we're in. We just heard a report on the Ukraine and things of that nature. And that's just increased signs of the times for us, right? Amen. It's birth pains that we see that the whole world is going through. Amen. Because it's time for something to take place. Right. There is a place that you and I must enter into by the grace of God. Things that were spoken of us. Isn't that right? A place of power. Amen. Where Brother Branham mentioned at one time, it'll be the word of God. Or he said the power of God will walk out on two feet. Amen. What is it? It's God having full dominion. Amen. Having full control over each member, each, each member of the body of Christ. So our lives and the course of our lives are all set so that we'll all come into the place that we need to come into at the right time. It says in Isaiah 57 and verse 15, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, he says, whose name is holy. Now notice how he says this now. He says, I dwell in the high and holy place. He's saying where he dwells, but there's somebody that's dwelling in this high and holy place with him. He says with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Let's just pray once more. Heavenly Father, we've read your word. Please help us. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. I'm going to read this verse once more in Isaiah 57. It says, But thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite, And humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So again, my title this morning is the place of power. The place of power. When you're dealing with being contrite, 
What does that mean necessarily? You know, as we said for Nebuchadnezzar there, for each one of our lives, there is already a course that's already set, right? There's nothing new that's being added to the course of our lives as we live on from day to day. Isn't that right? Whatever we're going to meet tomorrow was already ordained from long before. Isn't that right? Amen. So up until this point, saints, no matter what it is that our lives has consisted of, and each one of us, us have had, had different experiences, different experiences that, 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 God, that God intended for us to have. And it, it varies from one person to another, but it all was to achieve a certain thing. Amen. What is that? What is it that God's really, really focused in on? What is it that he wants to really do in the lives of each one of us? Brother Branham made a comment in the message of perfect strength by perfect weakness. He made a comment that for the ministry, he, he, he listed them first, but he said also for the laity alike. He says each one of us has to master the thought of human ability. Amen. There is nothing that we can do for ourselves. Isn't that right? Now, I want to I, I take my time this morning because I don't want to breeze through anything. Because this, this is a very important subject here. From the youngest of us that's in this room that can understand what I'm saying, even to the oldest of us. At each level, God desires to establish certain things within our lives, right? And one main thing that God wants us to do, and the reason why Brother Branham made that statement concerning mastering the thought of human ability, because God wants us to realize that he's our everything. He wants our full dependency to be solely upon him. Nothing else can receive any, 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 any anything, you know, when it comes to that, whatever it is that, 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 that God does in our lives, everything has to be fully accounted to God, even for the things that we may not be so mindful of. When we wake up in the morning, who wakes themselves up? Right now, every one of us are breathing pretty good, Right? How, how is it that your lungs are functioning properly like it should? Who's in control of that at this very second? For those that can see me, how are you able to see me? Was it because of the carrots that you ate? You know, in the world that we live in now, we go to science and the medical field and whatever, and we learn about all sorts of interesting things that can enhance certain areas of our lives and our body's performance and things of that nature. But who, who is it really that's causing your sight and your body and all the organs and, and, and members of it to work like it's supposed to work? But if we're not careful, amen, in our own minds, some, 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 sometimes we become a little absent-minded and we think it's that pill or that particular doctor or whatever the case might be. And then we begin to give honor to the wrong things, even amongst the church. I came to the conclusion, saints, I've been in the ministry now for over 20 years, and I came to the conclusion a long time ago that there is no, no such thing as a good preacher. 
There's no man within himself that has the ability to share anything with anybody that helps the lives of people of his own self. If it's not God, it won't help the people. Amen. And for anybody that has been helped or whatever has been done, it's been solely due to the spirit of God. He's the one that ministers and he's the one that performs the work in every one of our lives. So with that understanding, by experience now, it's impossible for me to exalt a man. And for any man that's truly a servant of God or a daughter, amen, of God, you understand where the source of your being comes from. For anybody that sees anything that's beneficial in your life that might have been a help to them at some point in time or another, sure, sure, sure. We thank God. We say, hey, brother, I thank God for you. You don't know that one day you said something to me. Or you didn't know that I had a need for a particular thing and you came by and you gave this particular thing at the, at, at the precise time that I needed it. Who was it that really did that? Who was it that was mindful? That brother or that sister had no clue or no idea. What was it? It was the intelligence of God dropping down and moving upon a yielded vessel that he could use at that time. Praise the Lord. There's been times, saints, where and it's very humbling for me now because once you you really see this, this, this is what brings about true humility. You know, you got false humility that's out there, right? Where people are talk humble, amen, but yet they don't have the real revelation. They haven't had the right experiences as of yet to really bring them into that place where they realize that I am absolutely nothing. Nebuchadnezzar, he has seen all this take place within his kingdom. The Lord permitted him to rise to the heights that he did. The Lord permitted his kingdom to be built up to the place that it was built up to. But once he came into that place where everything was flourishing and seemed to be set just right, he lost sight of God. And even back in the Old Testament, saints, God told Israel, once I have made you fat, once I have caused you to prosper, he says, do me one favor. Don't forget about the Lord your God. Don't at that time begin to account more to yourself than what you should. Because had it not been for me, you would still be in the the pits of Egypt. Amen. Slaving away, making bricks without straw. But I brought you out. I brought you into a goodly land. And now that I have increased you and given you benefits beyond what you deserved. Don't now move back into a mindset as though you did all these things for yourself. So once the king slipped into that, that demonic mindset. Not knowing, he had, he, 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 what, he was clueless as to what was taking place inside of himself. But the Bible says, while he yet spake these words, a voice came from heaven and said, I see you forgot where the source of everything that you are and have comes from. So now I want to do something in your life to help to bring you back 
Remember, as he said later on, he said, then I came back to myself. What was it? God allowed him to experience what he did to lower, to lower, to lower, to lower, lower his view of himself, to bring him to a recognition and a reality check of who's really in control. And at that time, since he had no problems at all, giving God praise and honor for all that he has done. Now he was back in line with the way that he needed to be as a king. And I believe from that point forward, that spirit wasn't able to come back on him again that easily. How does this relate to you and I? Because you and I also have our times and our moments where we're not as mindful of God as we should be, right? We go to school, right? For the younger ones, you're going to school right now. You know, the younger adults, you might be in college right now, right? And you're learning a lot of things, right? You're going through all these lessons and all these different levels of, 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 of uh, math and, and just, just all these things you're learning to, to try to prepare you for whatever career path you've, you've determined that you like to go down or, or kind of have established in your life, right? And you're going to school and you're learning and, and you're going back and you're doing homework and you're studying, amen? Right. But then but then you go on and go on and go on. And sometimes, sometimes in our minds, we begin to feel like it's because of us. That we're achieving this level of success or that we're passing the grade or the class that we are. Amen. With such such high grades. Isn't that right? Even even me at my own job. Right. By occupation, I'm a quality, a quality analyst. So my job is to analyze data. I work for a manufacturing company by the name of Zeus. Uh, and, and so every day I come in, I have to go and I have to pull different types of reports and data to try to pull it together in certain forms of reports and, and charts and things for management to be able to see at a glance how the actual company is performing as it pertains to whatever they want to see, right? But I'm, 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 I'm actually kind of new to, to this particular role. I've been in it now, I've been in it now for three years. And the reason why I even got the job is because a previous manager I had at another company, they so liked the work that I did with them there that when they came to this new company, they wanted me to come over with them. So now I'm at this new company where I don't know nobody but the person that brought me there. And guess what? The person that brought me there got demoted. <laughs> they they kind of somehow gained a bad reputation amongst this new company. And because they brought me with them, there was automatically a linkage that management was trying to make between me and them. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I appreciate them helping me to get this job, but please don't categorize me with them. Give me a chance to show you who I am. You know, through my work ethic and through why, you know, how I produce for you what it is that you're, you're calling for. But nonetheless, though, the guy that was supposed to be training me, he wasn't a good trainer. He had a good knowledge base in what he was talking about, but he wasn't able to convey that very effectively in the way that, um, you know, that, 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 that I needed for him to. So that put me in a place, saints, because now management was requiring something from me. 
And I couldn't tell them that this guy, he's not really training me right. Because I didn't want to kind of make them look at him in a certain way. So now I'm being asked to do certain tasks and certain projects by certain deadlines. And I had to figure this stuff out. I had to pray. I had to pray because I'm dealing with, uh, for those that might be familiar with this, I'm dealing with Excel. And within Excel, you can actually write certain programs called macros. And you can make Excel perform and do certain things in the background that at the click of a button, it'll produce for you what you need, a chart or a report or whatever the case might be. But all of this is new to me. I dealt with it at an elementary level in my jobs before, but all this was new to me. And I would sit down for days trying to figure out how to make this particular report work like these management folks wanted it to work. And it's time saints where I, I just get so flustered and like, Lord, you got to help me. And I'll go and step off for a moment and I'll come back. And when I sit back down, all of a sudden everything gets real plain. And I begin to make all the right moves and enter in all the right codes and everything. And I click the button and everything come out like it's supposed to. What was that? That was God. Notice what Brother Branham says here. He says, that's what we have to do today. He says, that's what I need. He says, that's what every man needs is a loss of himself, loss of his ability Loss of what he is, that he might have a, a complete yielding, he says, to the spirit of God. He says the housewife needs that. Many times we think about the home life and whatever, and I don't know how many sisters are housewives, right? But you need God in order for you to be able to be a proper housewife. To give the right attention to things and to be able to carry out certain tasks, even to make a good meal. You might be, you, you might have gained a very high reputation. Oh, sister, your, your macaroni is the best or your cornbread is outstanding and you can make a lot of money off of it and so on and so forth, right? But don't let none of those things kind of get to your head per se. People can, 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 can show their appreciation for you in many different ways, but amen, but it's very important to God how you allow yourself to think about yourself. He never wants us to get to a place that where we become puffed up. Watch how he says this thing. He says, even to the housewife needs that. He says, the schoolboy needs that. He says, even as our children, he says, a certain little boy that I'm thinking of yesterday afternoon, he says, or day before yesterday or one day, he went in and got his oldest sister to write out his lesson right quick. Got somebody else to do it. And come out and told the little boy, said, woo. He says, the, them problems was easy. See, he says, they're, he says, they're almost taught to cheat. He says, how much better would it be? And those people are pillars in the church. He says, how much better it would be for dad? He says, of a morning at breakfast time, say, John is going to have an examination today. Oh, God, be with John. Help John. He asked me to be uh, in the bedroom this morning. He says, Dad, pray for me today. I've got to stand my examination. Pray for me. So even down to schoolwork, no matter what grade level you in, God wants us to depend on him even for those successes, those achievements, those good grades. 
Now you might say, well, brother McBride, is brother, does God care, care that much about that in that way? Sure he does. Because even at a young age, God wants you to be able to understand then, I'm a real God. Amen. And I'm able to come in and answer you no matter what type question or this situation you might be dealing with. I want you to depend on me for the knowledge you gain even in your schoolwork. Isn't that something, saints? So when you get ready to have a test, God said, pray. Is it that necessary, Brother McBride? Sure it is. But see how it is now in society. How many people actually really pray, though? Rather lean upon what they feel is their skill or their ability to comprehend the material or the content that's laid before them. And if we're not careful, we can slip right into that. To where we begin to feel like, hey, I'm a pretty smart fella. I'm a, I'm, a pretty, I'm, a pretty girl, I'm, I'm a pretty smart girl. You know, I don't, I don't even got to really study that much or whatever. I can just, and you know what God will do? From the housewife to the school boy, God will let us utterly fail. He'll let us come into those rough patches, I would say. Amen, well, nothing ain't going right for us. You think you got a test lick, you didn't depend on him like he desired for you to, and you come out with a failing grade. How did that happen? It's something that God ordained. It's something that God sets in our lives to catch our attention, to bring us back to the right focus. Isn't that right? Amen. So now when our attention is upon him like it needs to be, like what happened to Nebuchadnezzar here, amen? Now God can, as he did with him, God can restore us. God can establish within us the things that he desires to. And now we can move forward from that point with a better frame of mind. More in continuity with God. Isn't that right, saints? Praise the Lord. He goes on to say, he says, I'd rather my boy, he says, would get a good decent F on his card to flunk. Then, then, then he says, then I would to know he got a straight A and cheated over it. He says, yes, sir. He says, what we need is to lose ourselves, wholly depend upon the power of God. Amen. So now this place of power that I'm talking about, saints, it really doesn't seem like a place of power. Because how many realize God is very interested in you being able to see how weak you are? Amen. How totally insufficient you are. No matter what it is about your life, no matter what part of your life, God wants you to realize, Lord, I need you for every single thing. There's nothing I can do on my own, Lord. My whole consistency, everything I have, all is wrapped up into what you've done in my life. So when it comes here in the next scripture that we went into where it talks about in Isaiah, saints, it says that he dwells in a high and a holy place. He says, with him that is of a contrite and humble spirit. So when you're dealing with being contrite, according to the Hebrew lexicon, it says to be crushed, to be dejected, to be broken. It says to be beaten to pieces. You might say, well, Brother McBride, that sounds a little harsh. But notice what Brother Branham says here. And I always remember this particular quotation there because... It's, 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 it's so stood out to me. Brother Branham says that when you, when, when you pray to God for comfort and peace, he said, you know what God does for you? 
He said he gives you the best thing he can give to you. He says more trials and tribulations. He said our rest is coming on the other side. So isn't that a strange thing how, and I know how it is, saints, because I'm in that same boat. We do desire comfort and peace, especially when you've been going through a string of issues and and problems and situations. Sometimes you just want a relief from it. Sometimes it weighs in heavy on you, and sometimes you begin to feel overwhelmed. And people around you may not never know what you're going through. People are designed to handle different types of, of weights and situations. And I know one thing for sure, no matter where, what you're going through, no matter who's going through whatever, no matter what you're going through, if you feel like you're being pushed to your limit, understand that that's just your thought of what your limits are. Because the Bible says God will not put no more on you than what you can bear. Amen. But the devil is the one that wants us to begin to feel all overwhelmed and, and anxious and, and, and things of that nature, you know, to, to where we just begin to unravel. We're about to lose it. Brother, I don't know how much more I can take. Just relax. Go and pray. And God will bring back a stability to your thoughts. And he'll drive the enemy out. Because he wouldn't be permitting what's happening to you to happen if he knew you couldn't handle it. But notice it now, it's not because you can handle it, but it was designed for you to go through so that you can come to that perfect place of dependency on him. And see him move into your life, take care of all these situations, amen, that you might have gained testimonies. And have more of a surety of where you are. Praise the Lord. Notice how he says this. This is a message called the the time-tested memorials of God. He says, long years ago before they had the smelters, he says they used to take gold and how how they would know how it was right or not and all the sludges out of it. He says all the iron pyrite, that's fool's, fool's gold, and all the fool was out of it. He says beaters beat it. Now remember the definition of contrite. It's when a person begins to feel broken. When a person begins to feel beaten. Amen. But you might think, well, brother, is God interested in making me feel like that? Sure he is. Notice how Brother Branham says this now. He says, that's the way God does his church. He gives you trial after trial. Test after test, trial after trial. Test after test until the life of Christ is reflected in your life. He says, until you become peaceful, peaceful, sober, meek, gentle, humble, ready, submissive, willing, turn your head to the things of the world and look straight to Calvary, to the one who is doing the beating. So here it is now, God allowing trials, God allowing tests, amen, to come into your life to do what? To break us down out of that self-sufficient mindset. He'll let you fail a test, amen. He'll let things go wrong at your job, amen. He'll let you even have the threat of being fired. Just to show you that you're not in control of this ship like you think you are. Amen. God is very interested in that. Why? Because the Bible, not the Bible. Well, it is the Bible. But Brother Branham said one of the reasons why, a part of God's, amen, a redemptive plan is to gain the preeminence within his body. How does he do that? Amen. We have to have these experiences in order for you and I to be able to give them that preeminence, give him that preeminence. 
But we, we actually come to a place where we begin to yield to God more and more and more according to his desire. Praise the Lord. He says, until you come, you become peaceable. He says, sober and meek and gentle and humble, ready, submissive, willing to turn your head on the things of the world and looking straight to Calvary to the one who's doing the beating. He says, many times you think it's strange because of fiery trials, sickness and persecutions. He says, it's only done to test you, to get the dirt out of you, to get the sludge out of you, to get the slowness out of you, to wake you up to a place to where you can look and see the reflection or a man can see the reflection of Christ in you. He says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So here it is. God allows our lives to be set with all types of trials and issues and problems. That's that'll be along our way. But every bit of it is to bring us to this place, saints, of humility. He says, I dwell in high and holy places with him. That is of a contrite spirit and a humble spirit. That's not, a, that, that's not a desirous place for you and I to be, is it? To where we feel broken. To where we feel beaten. Amen. You know, you know what that does to a human spirit? Notice how it goes on to say here now. Because I, I really like this part of it as well, saints. In Webster's Dictionary, when, it go, when you talk about the word contrite, it means feeling or showing sorrow and remorse for a sin or a shortcoming. You know, many times we have things that exist within our lives. And we don't really enter into a godly sorrow concerning it. Well, how do you know that, Brother McBride? How can you say that? Even, even if, you know, sometimes a, a person might do something to you, right? And you might let them know, you know, hey, you know, I didn't like that. Or that made me feel in a certain way. And they might say, you know what? Oh, I'm sorry. Right? Then they do it again. And they say sorry again. What begins to happen to the value of the sorries that's given? They begin to, to decrease with each occurrence, doesn't it? But the Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance. Amen. What is that? That's when a person is able to really feel a remorse, a deep remorse. They don't take advantage of the grace of God and the provisions that he's made for us. Even though we have the blood and we have forgiveness and things of that nature, they're not, they're, they're not, they're, they're not trying to make grace a disgrace. Amen. They, they, they don't want to have a repeat, you know, re, re, <laughs> over and over again, asking for forgiveness for the same things over and over and over and not really, not really entering into that place to say, you know what, Lord, enough is enough. I've done this to you too many times. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your blood. But Lord, have mercy on me. I don't want to continue to hurt you. Isn't that right? And that's the place, saints. That's the place that God is saying that he dwells with that type of a person. Because now they've entered into a frame of mind and a condition of heart. To where now they're, now they're ready to receive him. Now they're ready to yield. To his spirit because they realize I've been trying within myself to try to get this thing right or whatever. But I realize I've been dependent too much on myself. Amen. Lord, I really need your supernatural help. Amen. And that's what brings about the real change. See, that's where the place of power is right there. 
Amen. That place that you come to where you realize, Lord, I need you. I desperately need you, Lord. I can't do it without you, Heavenly Father. Oh, my. Notice this now. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, verse 1, The elders which are, which are among you I exhort. He says, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. It says, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being an unsampled to the flock. He says, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed, he saith, with what? Humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that what? That he may exalt you. But notice now, it's we don't humble ourselves or try to humble ourselves to God for the sake of being exalted. You don't have that in your mind that you want to be somebody and this is the way that I can become somebody. Amen. You just want to be humble to God. You just want to submit yourself to him. You don't have no thought of where you want to be in life or what you can, you can achieve through doing what you're doing. You just want the will of God to be done. Brother Branham said you have people sometimes that try to go about life and, and try to seek gifts once they have experiences with God. He said, don't you seek nothing. He said, whatever you get, let God give it to you. Early on in my life, when I was just entering into the ministry, I had an experience and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I just entered into the ministry and I, I didn't know what part of the ministry I really was supposed to be. Was I an evangelist? Was I a teacher? Like, Lord, who am I? And it was very concerning to me. I didn't share it with nobody. I didn't talk to my wife about it. But it was very concerning to me because I wanted to know, Lord, who am I? What, what, what role am I fulfilling amongst the fivefold ministry? And then one day I went to a service. And when I went to the particular service, there was a certain brother that was preaching I remember what I had. I, don't remember, I remember when me and my wife sat in the church. And his sermon title was, We Have Seen His Star in the East and Have Come to Worship Him. Very good service. But toward the end of that service, of course, this was on my heart. I was concerned about it. Toward the end of that service, the brother was going back up to the front. And when he was going back up to the front, he got to almost the last few before it hit the, the pulpit. And he stopped and he turned around and he looked at me. And he walked over to me. And he stood by me and he said, brother, stand up for a moment. So I stood up. And he looked me in my eyes, saints. And he said, God told me to tell you not to question him on what office he's called you to. He said, he'll bring it around and you will know what you've been called for. Everything that was going on in the world at that time. <laughs> and God anointed this brother to speak so specifically about things that I didn't even utter with my mouth. I thought I had to write it down before, but I'll never forget that. 
But what does that show me? What Brother Branham was saying here is actually true. We don't have to seek for anything. We don't have to try to be anything. Let's just humble ourselves to God. Amen. And allow him to show us who we are. It'll just come out. That goes for careers. You know, for the young people, the young adults we have in here, you have career paths. You have a goal, right? An occupation that you like to have. I had one, too. For the longest time, I wanted to be an architect. <laughs> right? Not an architect today. But that was the course that God had set for me. The very thing you have in your mind to be, it might be for you to have, but you will know once you get there. But along the way, if things seemingly begin to turn away from what you had your goal set upon, don't be so set on your goal until you can't follow the leading of God. Amen? Because whereas you might say, well, brother, I want to be a physical therapist, that that might not be what God has for you. And you might go through all sorts of schooling and everything to achieve that. And then in your mind, it's like, no, there's no way I can't be that. Look at all the money and the time that I put into trying to study for this. But when God's purpose begins to begin to work in your life, amen, the best thing for you is to begin to yield to that. I was in the Marine Corps for, you know, four years. I would have done longer, but there were certain events that took place that uh, caused me to get out. Nothing bad is just that. The military's integrity at that time wasn't the greatest when it came to me, so I couldn't trust things. But God had even that said, right? Because that helped me to come to my decision to get out. But upon getting out, there was a particular company that was looking at me uh, while I was in California called Nielsen Media Research. And they were actually they were actually staged somewhere in the North Carolina area. But they also had a branch in California. And they saw my resume and they, they gave me a contact. They called me, right? And so now I'm interviewing with them over there. And because the manager there and the manager here were good friends, uh, they were communicating back and forth with one another. And he was pleased with what his friend was communicating to him about me, right? And so he hired me without seeing me. So now I'm already hired and I'm coming from California now, coming home. And we got around about Texas area. And I'll never forget this also. Me and my wife in the U-Haul got all of our belongings with us, and we're riding along, and I had the benefits package with me in the cabin of the truck. And I asked my wife, I said, honey, I said, let me, let me see that benefits package again. And she gave it to me, and I looked it over. And just in that moment, I said, you know what? This ain't enough money for me. I'm, I'm not going to this job. They had already hired me. I didn't, I didn't know that they had already started paying me, Right? I didn't realize that until a little later. But at that moment, I made a decision, and I didn't even realize why I made the decision. But guess what? The church that I was supposed to come up in was in South Carolina. Amen. There was a church, the church I go to now still, Brother Charles Anderson's church, Jesus Christ Tabernacle. He was my ordained pastor. I didn't know that at that time. But God knew it. And God brought me to decisions that I didn't even understand. I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you I was being led by God at that time. But now in retrospect, I look back and I realize, God, that was you the whole time. What was he doing? He was taking me. And even though I wasn't aware of it, he was guiding me into his perfect will, saints. 
And many times we're in those places where things just don't make sense to us. We don't know why we're doing this or why we're thinking that way or whatever the case might be. But just be patient and keep praying. Amen. And just just be, 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 be real sensitive to God. And that's the purpose of this service here is to bring us to more of a consciousness of what God's will is and of what he wants. Even our Lord and Savior, amen, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said himself, if it be possible, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. He says, nevertheless, let thy will be done and not mine. When he was on the cross, saints, it may seem like he was very weak. Amen, but how many realize he was very strong? Why? Because the will of God was being carried out. Even though it meant what it meant for him. He was willing to go ahead and go through with it. Why? For the greater cause. Amen. Amen. For what he would gain from that. Isn't that right? And many times things might not be so desirable for us because when he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass. You know what that word cup means? It means a divine lot, whether favorable or unfavorable. The unfavorable areas of our lives that we've experienced and may be experiencing right now, none of us will put those things on ourselves at no time. If it was up to you and I, we'll all have nice, easy streets. Isn't that right? We wouldn't experience no, no health issues, no financial issues, no nothing. If we had our choice in the matter. But God, how many realize God guides us and he leads us with supreme wisdom? He knows exactly what to do and how to do it. And I realize, saints, different things in our lives, different trials are time-released. I don't know about you, but I've been experiencing some of the hardest trials that I've ever experienced in my entire life. But just last week, God was taking me back through my thoughts and helping me to be able to see I didn't allow these things to come to you too soon. Because you wouldn't have been in a place where you could handle it. Amen. God works with us and he builds us up. Amen. And he establishes things within us. And it's what? It's for the next phase of our lives. The next part of our journey. And in the right time, God allows things to be released. I was reading in the scriptures where when God first brought them out of Egypt, he could have took them a shorter way. But they would have came in contact with the land, the land of the Philistines. And, and, and by coming in contact with the Philistines right away, they would have experienced war right away. And God said, I'm not going to lead them this way, lest when they see war in their hearts, they repent and want to go back to Egypt. So for their sakes, God led them another way to give them experiences and time with him. To build up their confidence and their trust level in a living God that they didn't know at that time. And how many realize that that's exactly why our lives have gone the way that it's gone? God has been building us up, amen, through all sorts of situations. Because guess what? They had to come right back to that same land. But it was after they had come to a place to where they can deal with it now. They had more confidence for those that remained. For those that were intended to fall off, they fell off just like God knew they would. But for those that were ordained to go in and possess the land, God brought them right back to that same land and those same people. They had to fight it. They had to overcome. But they were ready now. Why? Because they were more dependent on God. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
as we draw down to a close here, saints. Second Corinthians chapter 12. It says, it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. And I like this, saints. He says, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Verse 2 says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. That always kind of baffled me while Paul was speaking like that. He knew he was talking about himself, but yet he was speaking as though it was somebody else. You want to know why that was? You don't have to turn here, but I'm going to read this scripture to you. It's out of Romans chapter 12. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. (laughs) Why? That was something that was ingrained in Paul now. I mean, it helped to form him and shape him into the son of God that he was. It was a lesson that he had to learn early on. That God had to make sure was there because of the type ministry that he had given to Paul. Now I'm going to go back to what we were just reading. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. He says, God knoweth. He says, such a one caught up to the third heaven. Verse 3, he says, and I saw such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Verse 4, how that he was caught up into the paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself will I not glory. Prior to Paul's experience that he had on the road to Damascus, Paul was very boisterous. He was very arrogant. He was very confident in himself. Isn't that right? But God had ordained for that particular instance in his life to take place. Because when God knocked him down by the brightness of his glory, it took away Paul's sight temporarily. Isn't that right? Paul had to be led away. Brother Branham says that that affected Paul's eyesight for quite some time. And that was the very thing. Notice how he's going to come down and begin to talk about this. That was the very thing that God used within Paul's life to keep Paul grounded. Because God is very interested in us not thinking more highly of ourselves than what we should. So this is why Paul now seemingly is talking about somebody totally different. But he's talking about himself because of the place that God has brought him to. That real place of humility. To where he had no desire to be looked upon in any higher view than what people should see him as just outside of being a normal brother. Amen. He couldn't help that God had him experience the things that he experienced, but within himself he realized and he said himself, I'm the least among the saints. Isn't that right? So now going back to 2 Corinthians. In verse 5, he says, of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Right? He says in verse 6, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. He says, for I will say the truth, but not, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Paul became very conscious of this. 
And for any brother or sister that's had a true experience with God and has entered into true humility, whenever anybody comes and, and begins to give you, you know, an appreciation of some sort or whatever, immediately in your heart, you move right into this channel. Because you realize, had it not been for the glory and the power of God, whatever it is you're appreciating about me, you wouldn't even be able to see it's not because of how good I am or how skilled I am or what have you. Because I got 30 years doing this particular skill. Now I'm the best that there is. Brother Branham said even down to the mechanic, he said you need to master the thought of human ability. What does that word ability mean? It means the power or capacity to do an act physically, mentally, legally, morally, financially, etc., it means the competence, he says, in an activity or occupation because of one skill, training, or other qualifications. You might have two or three degrees, but God still wants you to know that even in those two or three degrees, you wouldn't even have them had it not been for him. Isn't that right? And because you got two or three degrees, that don't mean now that you're untouchable. Huh? Well, because I got these degrees, brother, my, my job is secure. God will let you be removed. Just to show you. It's not because of how well educated you are. That's not your assurance and your position. Brother, I, I got three degrees. I've been here 20 years, man. It's not a part of the business I don't even know about. I've seen people in those positions, saints, that were removed. 25 years and removed. A short time before retirement. Now what do you do? Everything you work hard toward. Or four has been just in a moment taken away from you. Now, now if that happens to a true son and daughter of God, guess what? God is doing that for your good. Amen. It's rapturing time. Isn't that right? Our faith, our faith level and our dependency on God has to come to the highest level right now. Right now, those saints in Ukraine, amen, they got to depend on God. They, amen, they got to know that they're nothing and that God is everything right now. Why? Because they need his power to come. And even as Paul said here, he said, he said when, I, when I am weak, then am I strong. He says, he glories now in his infirmities. He said, because in my weakness, the power of Christ is actually resting upon me. I'm talking about the place of power. In that place of power, you don't feel like it's a powerful place. Amen. It's where you feel the most depleted. It's where you feel the most helpless. Amen. It's where you feel you don't have nothing together. Where you feel like I can't get it together no matter how hard I try. Amen. But that's the right place for you to be in. Because in that place you're able to look up easier. Amen. Your prayer life becomes more fervent. Amen. Why? Because you see a need. is weighing heavy on you. But understand that God allowed those circumstances to be set up. Just for you. Just for that purpose. Neither one of us in here, and I say this with all due respect, neither, neither one of us in here would want to trade places right now with the saints that are in Ukraine. To have your liberty, your freedoms, be right before your eyes, removed from you. To have to be in the dangerous situations that they're in right now. Amen. But how many realize that if God is letting them go through that, it's the best thing for them right now. Amen. Our hearts go out to them, right? But in the sight of God, he's seeing something here. Now he's beginning to see more and more of his reflection coming to a manifestation. 
Amen. Brother Branham said that's the only time that we really get desperate is when we when God allows trials to come to us. Why do you think there is a squeeze that's ordained for us? Huh? Brother Branham says when that squeeze comes down, he says, then we'll get rid of all our little petty differences. Amen. Amen. Right now, when everything is going good and whatever, one person can have something against another person, one church against another church. Amen. And somehow we begin to gain ideas and thoughts about people and groups and what have you. That's just not pleasing to God. Amen. God didn't design his body to be against one another. And just because in your mind you might be able seemingly to see something or whatever, who's to say that what you're seeing is even right? Amen. Sometimes your thoughts might seemingly be justified, but, but have you checked that against God yet? I heard Brother Branham say here recently, he says, you know, even if somebody do something to you and they're wrong, like they're actually wrong. He says, just think about how many times God has forgiven you when you were wrong. Amen. Amen. Seemingly, it might be hard for somebody to make the right decisions and begin to yield to God and whatever. And and if we're not careful or whatever, we get into a self-righteous mindset. And to become more of a scorner. The Bible says it's good not to sit in the seat of the scornful. Isn't that right? He says, if you see a brother or a sister overcoming a fault... He says, how should we come? In a spirit of meekness and humility. He says, what? Considering yourself. Why? Because that could be you if it wasn't for the grace of God. Amen. Amen. It's not because we're so powerful. We we know, brother, I've got a lot of good teachings and whatever, brother. So, you know, I'm well equipped, man. I can handle anything the devil brings my way. Sure. You keep lying, (laughs) lying to yourself. Amen. You know what God will do? God will let you fall. And in a time of your failure, then you will begin to look up and say, how did this even happen? How did I even get here? Then you begin to realize that much more, Lord, I need you. I thought I had it together, Lord. I thought I was in a certain place. But obviously, Father, I was thinking more highly of myself than what I should. But it's only the grace of God and through his love, saints, that he allows those things to happen. As I said, to help us to look up. And to begin to do as Nebuchadnezzar had to in the end of his situation, he began to give glory, honor, and praise to the one that he now realizes caused him to be everything that he ever was. And once he came through that and he gained that right mentality, then God reestablished his kingdom. Amen. It was as though he never left. But now he was better able to serve before the Lord with the right kind of a heart. Isn't that right? And he entered into that true place of power. And what is that? It's just us coming to a complete yielding to God. Young people, it it really stood out to me on my way up here. Trust God for your schoolwork. Amen. All your tests, no matter what test it is, your homework, trust God for your comprehension of it. You don't have to sit there so much so and just bust your brain trying to figure it out. Pray about it. Still do your due diligence, go through your schoolwork, your content or whatever, review it or whatever, but just lean more upon God and say, Lord, help me to understand this. I'll leave you with this just little natural example in my life that just happened to me on last Friday, actually. 
there was a report that I was tasked to create. And within this report, it needed to be able to show specific data, and they wanted it to be able to be distributed at 8 o'clock sharp. So I had to work on this program and this coding where I had to make it do exactly that. And at the beginning of Friday, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue where to even start. And as the day went along, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, man, you know, I got to have this done and what have you. But in my heart, I was just being prayerful about it. And right before the end of the day, like the last hour of the day, all of a sudden everything became so clear. And the code that I needed, I began to move here and there and whatever and kind of align the the sentences or the syntax is what they call it in the way that it should be. And I clicked the button, and next thing I know, the email was coming through. I say, thank you, Lord. That was a relief on my heart. Amen? But I just began to think on that at that time, that, Lord, you helped me to actually do my job. Amen. And the Lord was pleased with that, I believe, because now it helps me even more. So every day I go to work is, is to present to him my challenges. Lord, I need you. Help me to do my job, Lord, because I got a family to provide for. You know, and I realize also, saints, and even as Jesus told, I believe it was Pilate, you know, he said, you know, I got the power to crucify you or to set you free. And he told him, he said, you have no power unless it was given you of my father. Now, I don't say this boastfully, saints, but in all the jobs that I've had, no matter how, because I, I was even being threatened to lose a job that I have now as, as a result of the individual that got me the job. And I had to pray. Left a job that I was with for 10 years to come here and now to have this spirit working. I saw it. I felt the threat of it. But I prayed, and guess what? They weren't able to remove me because God didn't allow them to remove me. But when it, when it comes my time to go, then I'll be able to go. But now I'm in a place where I know, Lord, if you're letting me go, if you're allowing this to happen to me, it's because it's something more now I'm supposed to move into. I realize that now. Amen. And I thank God for being in that place to where now you can be okay with whatever twists and turns life might present to you that you might might not understand and it might not be very comfortable. Amen. But when you know that God is in full control and when you've seen him move in the ways that he has already to give you something to refer back to. I was with you here and look at what I did did for you. Look at where I brought you to. It gives you strength for whatever more you might have to face down the road. So I pray that God help every one of us just to begin to yield to him more. I know you're already yielding. There's nothing new that I've said to you this morning. But I felt it in my heart to actually speak on this particular subject. And maybe somebody needed to hear this this morning. I know if nobody in here did, I did. Amen. It was something that God ministered to my heart. Amen. This is where we're at. I need to yield more. Even now with the ministry, God want to do much more. How many realize God want to do much more with you than what's happened so far? Now that I've said it, I'm going to leave you with this quotation here. By the grace of God.
Brother Branham says here in the message called Perfect Strength, Perfect Weakness, right? He says, <clears throat> when we are insufficient ourselves, then we are subjects to yield to God's spirit. As long as we think we can do it, he says, then we can't do it. He says, but when we get to a place where we know we can't do it, he says, then we yield ourselves to God and he does it. He says, so then if it's, if it's us trying to do it, he says, we'll fail. He says, but if we'll just yield ourselves to God, then God can't fail. He says, we smother him out. He says, we drive him away. He says, from the poorest of us to the richest of us, from the least to the greatest, we keep God out of our lives because of our own selves. He says, I've often said the greatest enemy I got is William Branham. He's the one that gets in God's way. He's the one that gets lazy. He's the one that gets to a place sometimes where he thinks he can do something about it. He says, and when he does, that shoves God right out of the picture. He says, but when I can get rid of that guy, he says, when I can get to a place that he is out of the way, then God can come over and do things that William Branham knows nothing about. Right. Amen. So that's the real thing that God is dealing with each one of us on. Amen. Because we're the ones, he says, as he said, that keeps God out of our own lives. I don't want to keep God out of my life. I want God to be able to come in and really do whatever he want to do on any given day at any given time. Amen. God bless you, saints. I appreciate your patience. Let us all stand together. And let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, it's just a good thing to be reminded of, Father. Lord, how dependent you want us to be on you and, and, and the degree that you want us to be dependent upon you in, Lord. Sure, Father God, because you've given us the experiences that we have, Lord, we've already entered into that place. We realize how important it is, Father God, but sometimes you have to bring us back to it, Lord. We might lose sight of it, Father God. Just at times, Lord, just lose sight of where our help truly comes from. So, Lord, I believe it was understood, Father. I believe it was communicated in a way that even the children, Father God, were able to walk away with something, Lord. I pray for them, Father God, that you would continue to bless them and keep them, Lord. Work and deal with their little minds and hearts, Father God, shaping it up to that place, Lord, to where they're being groomed to be true servants of God. Lord, we see everything coming to a close right now. Lord, the world is coming to its close, Father. Our time here on this earth, as we know it now, is coming to a close, Lord. Things are getting a breaking away, Lord God, giving way, Lord, for that new world that's coming into view. And we're not talking about a new world order, naturally speaking, Lord, but that heavenly city. Lord, New Jerusalem, Father God, and the earth being just wiped clean, Father God, and reestablished, Lord, in the way that you intended for it to be from the beginning. But, Lord, there is a place that you desire for we, your people, to come into, Lord. There is a place that we have to come into, and that's that place of power, that place of total humility, total surrenderance, humbled under your mighty hand, Lord, and you said you will exalt us in due time. We don't desire to be exalted, Father. Once you really deal with a heart, Lord, they don't even care about being recognized about anything. 
Just as long as they know they've done your will, Father God, that's their satisfaction. And Lord, that's the place that you want us all to be in. Not that we're trying to be somebody or outshine somebody else, Lord. But Father, we just desire to be in your will individually. And in doing so, it helps the body to begin to move and work together as it should. And all of us know that you are the true head, Father. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this word, Lord. Be with your people throughout the remainder of this week until they're able to gather together again by your grace. We love you, Lord, and we ask you all these things in your name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, saints. Order my steps in your word, dear Lord. Lead me and guide me every day. Send your anointing, Father, I pray. Order my steps in your word. Please order my... Sing that part again. Order my steps in your word, dear Lord. Lead me and guide me every day. Send your anointing, Father, I pray. Order my steps in your word. Please order my steps in your word. I want to walk worthy. According to thy word, please order my steps, Lord. I'll do your blessed will. The world is ever changing. Oh, but you are still the same. If you'll order my steps, I want to walk worthy according to thy word. Please order my steps, Lord. I'll do your blessed will. The world is ever changing. Oh, but you are still. certainly that was the Lord speaking to me this morning you know we all you hear people all the time when you're doing a job they say routine you get comfortable and you're you're just doing it because it's over and over and over and, and you get comfortable doing it I've been 
a truck driver off and on for 27 years almost. And even driving, you get you get accustomed. You you get in a routine. You learn your route, especially if you're doing the same thing over and over. All these different trailers you see, they all require different types of driving styles to to handle. Well, I pull a container every day. Same thing from Wilmington to Hickory. Same thing back and forth. Pull a certain kind of container that's got a, a reefer unit on the belly of it <clears throat> that keeps the the container cold. It's bananas. So. Every day, same thing. Well, one day last week, I'm put on a unit that's got a nose mount on it. Well, now these these things weigh 3,500 pounds. That these uh, reefer units, these gen sets. So now I've taken 3,500 pounds from the ground that sits right underneath, and it's put on top, right on on the nose. Now this thing is 13 foot six, so I'm going from two feet off the ground to 13 foot six off the ground. I've pulled them before, you know. No, I know I know how to do it. No problem, right? So I'm coming up the road. I'm I'm just me. I'm having a great time. I do a lot of singing in the truck, you know. That's just the way I am. Smiling. Tuesday was a beautiful day. Sun was shining, gorgeous. I'm going along the same road. I hear people with their windows down or music going so put my window down i want i want to put my music out there go to make my turn just like i always do with this particular ramp that i have to get on it's got an s curve in it and then i want you to come up the s curve you start up a hill well i'm about eighty-three thousand pounds so i'm always accustomed to accelerating before i merge into traffic only problem is is when you've taken 3500 pounds from the ground and you've put it up top your handling has changed but I got this because I've done this for 27 years. I'm good. As I go into that curve, I suddenly realize I have no control of my truck. And I'm only going 20, 25 miles an hour. And I'm like, wait, what's the matter? My truck's not turning. And when I look, I can't even see my trailer. But I see that much space between my trailer tires and the ground. And I look to this side, and the trailer is going over. My truck is literally getting ready to roll. 27 years, never been that close to having an accident. The only thing I could say was, oh, Lord, help me. And I just got the truck pulled. The trailer come back down. Then all of a sudden, you come back to reality, and your nerves are shot. And the only thing I could do was thank the Lord for looking out for me. But I pouted for three days. Because I'm a good truck driver. That don't happen to me. Let me tell you, friends. (laughs) You don't even, like he said, you don't even wake yourself up. If if God didn't help me to breathe every day, there's not enough prevagen in this world to help me remember to breathe. I'd be dead within the next 90 seconds. I'm so thankful that he still thinks enough of me to humble me. I always have always went into a, a, a trip or whatever saying, God help me. I can't, I can't put this truck in this place without you or I can't, I can't do this. But just in one, in one moment, I was thinking I was in control. And he showed me right there, buddy, you ain't got nothing in control. Don't you just love him? Isn't he wonderful? Just give him a hand clap of praise. Amen.
I think we need to uh, sing a song. Now I can't think of what to sing. <laughs> let's sing that. Um, let's sing that song as we go. This is just what heaven means to me. Amen. I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? <clears throat> What will it be when we get over yonder and join the throng upon the glassy sea to greet our loved ones and crown Christ forever? What heaven means to me. Let's sing that second part. And when at last we see the face of Jesus, before whose image other loves all flee. And when they cry. time now. Oh, what will it be when we get over yonder and join the throng upon the glassy sea to greet our Amen. I'd like to ask Brother Aaron if he would come and just dismiss us in a word of prayer. Remember our precious saints over in Ukraine. My heart really goes out to them. I can't even begin to imagine what they're going through with. Remember to pray for each other. Every family that's here is, is dealing with a different circumstance. And it's a difficult circumstance for that family. Just hold each other up in prayer. God richly bless all of you. <clears throat> Let's pray, saints. If you have a, if you want to take this time just to dedicate yourself, consecrate yourself to the Lord, just say, Lord, I cannot do anything. You alone can help me, oh God. No matter how basic you think something is, you just need God.
I'm raising my hands this afternoon. I'm saying, Lord, I'm just surrendering myself to you. God wants us to surrender. That thing that is bothering you, just surrender it this afternoon. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, showing the universal sign of surrender, raising our hands to you, O God. Knowing, Father, that you have the full power. You are God Almighty. Lord, the same that is, that was, and that shall come. Father, you call things that are not, Lord Jesus Christ, you, you call things, Father, you called light out of darkness. Father, you raise kings and you bring down kings. Father, you cause the sun to shine, you bring the clouds and you bring the rain. Father, we thank you this afternoon because of who you are. And Father, because we, we know who you are, Father, we realize that we are not sufficient. We are nothing without you, O oh God. We are just like dirt. We are just dust. Six feet of dust, O oh God. Father, unto you belongs everything. Unto you, Father, belongs all glory. Father, in our day-to-day lives, Father, we acknowledge you, O oh God. Father, as we come, Father, to the ends of the earth, we are looking unto you, Father, for we see the pestilence. We see the diseases. We see the sword. We see the wars. We see the depressions. The economic meltdowns. We see the world falling apart. Father, this is the time, oh God, that we are fully raising our hands to you and say, Lord, we surrender to you, Father. Oh God, in a time of rebellion, in a time, Father, where everything seems to be going away, going south. Lord Jesus Christ, you want to be found in that place where we are trusting in you. Father, we trust you, oh God, for our health. We trust you, Father, for our jobs. We trust you, Father, for parenting. We trust you for everything, for our driving. Lord, we trust you, oh God, for we have seen in Ukraine, Father, that within one week, a nation, Father, could be ravished. Father, within, Lord God, within a split second, things can change. Father, we saw with COVID how things can change overnight. Father, we want to be ready for whatever situation may come our way. Father, we want to be able to stand in the position where we know that, Lord God, we have made all our reservations with you. We want to take this time to pray, Father, for the mothers, the sisters, the brothers, the little ones in Ukraine, Father. Lord God, crossing the border. Father, some, oh God, shattered in their minds. Some don't even understand why these things are happening to them. The great angel of God, the great angel that stood for the people of God in the time past, the same angel that came in the last days. Oh God, may you go, Father, in your power and protect your people. May you deliver every one of them. May you be their comfort. The brothers who are fighting so courageously, oh God, praying, Father, oh, every, every day, every night, I've been talking for the, some of the brothers Oh God, going into service Preaching the gospel, trusting in you Father, may you remember them, oh God We commit them into your, into your hands Bless the balance of our week And be with us, Father Until we meet again Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ We commit everything into your hands In Jesus Christ's name, amen God bless you, God bless you saints Service here Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Go in the fear of the Lord. Let's sing this as we go. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Was the best thing. 
Of you, 